The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. And greetings, friends, all around the world. How would you like to do nothing for all eternity? Wow, a billion years with nothing to do. Then another billion years to do nothing but sit around playing a harp. Honestly, how many millions of years would you like to sit around playing a harp? Pretty exciting, huh? Very inspiring and fulfilling to give one a sense of accomplishment. Come on, get real, folks. What kind of God would give us an eternity with virtually nothing to do? Yet hundreds of millions of professing Christians are taught that at death, they go to heaven and just roll around heaven all day. Or that they spend eternity contemplating the glory of God, the beatific vision, or playing a harp, or something. But wait just a minute. Where did these people get these ideas? What does the Bible actually say? Have you proved that the Bible is inspired of God? I have. It is inspired. The prophecies of the Bible are happening right now. The way of God works. The Bible is the revelation from the great God, and we better learn to believe what the Bible says. Notice what Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, clearly stated. Jesus ought to know. Jesus said, turn to John 3.13, check up on me. Learn to study the Bible. Don't just say, hear some preachers say, the Bible says we go to heaven. Well, it doesn't say that. Notice the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 13. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. No man has ascended to heaven, yet Abraham, the father of the faithful, and Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and David, and all the prophets of God had been dead for centuries when Jesus said that. So what is the answer, my friends? What is the great purpose and goal for your life if you are a true Christian? To go around, lay around in heaven all day doing nothing or playing a harp? Is that it? Stay tuned. Again, my friends, why have millions been taught that going to heaven is the eternal reward of the Christians? Again, notice John 3.13. Jesus said, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. Here's the Son of God saying that no one had gone to heaven, and yet David is a man after God's own heart. Abraham's called the father of the faithful, and so none of them had gone to heaven. Even John the Baptist, who was probably dead by this time, he was a great prophet, and he had not gone to heaven, or Jesus wouldn't say that. So let's think about what Jesus actually taught. Now notice Matthew 5, if you would, verse 5, Jesus said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Not heaven, they shall inherit the earth. Now Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, not in heaven, and statements like that throughout the Bible, people get that mixed up. The bank of Morgan is not in Mr. Morgan's tummy. He didn't swallow a little piggy bank. Of denotes ownership. So the kingdom of heaven, controlled by heaven, as, as Morgan owned the bank of Morgan, is not in heaven. It's the kingdom of heaven. 
get that mixed up. Try to understand that. Notice when Christ will return, what is he going to be doing? Where will he be when he returns? And that's obviously where the Christians will be because Jesus said they would be with them when he returns. Notice back in Revelation 11, verse 15. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world, not kingdoms up in heaven, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Notice back in Revelation 5 now. Turn to Revelation 5 in your Bible. Notice how the saints are singing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll, this inspired song says, to open its seals, for you are slain, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood, by the blood of Jesus Christ, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, that have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign. Where? Up in heaven? No, we shall reign on the earth. That describes the reward of the real saints of God. We're to help Christ govern this earth and bring peace to this earth. For he will be king of kings. There will be other kings. And we are called to assist Jesus Christ. We will have the wonderful, magnificent opportunity, my friends, to bring genuine peace and prosperity to this mixed-up world. And it's getting worse, and you know that. Turn back to Revelation chapter 2 and beginning verse 26. And he who overcomes... True saints, as most of you Bible readers know, are to be the overcomers, or to grow in grace and in knowledge, that of the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, or to develop character. Why do we need character? To sit around contemplating the glory of God? Do we need character to play on a harp for eternity? No, because we're being trained to assist Christ in ruling the world. That's why we need character. The overcomers are he who keeps my works until the end. To him I will give power. Notice, Christ will give power to the overcomers over what? The nations. He'll give them power. He shall rule them. The overcomer will rule them with a rod of iron. Nice nations don't need to be ruled with a rod of iron. But the nations of this world are going to be at war when Christ comes back. And he and the saints will begin to straighten us out. He will rule them with a rod of iron as the potter's vessel shall be broken in pieces as I also received, as I also received from my father. He will be the king of kings, but we will assist him for that thousand year reign called the millennium. We will be productive. We will accomplish. We will have the exciting challenge of teaching all the nations of the world the true way of peace and joy. Yes, at the resurrection from the dead, when Christ returns, we may briefly go up to heaven, to God's throne, and see our Father, and be here at the wedding supper, and we'll be able to go up and down a lot, probably, once we're born of God, but our jobs will be on this earth. Our responsibilities that Christ coming will be assisting Him here on this earth, bringing peace during His millennial rule. My friends, is this some crazy new idea I'm coming up with? No way. This is exactly what the original Christians were taught by Jesus Christ himself, by Peter and Paul and all the prophets of God. But a great apostasy swept over the church, and many basic truths were changed. Who changed all these things? Who changed all these doctrines? You need to know. You do need to know. We have a powerful booklet which answers these questions. We have this booklet 
which is really an exciting booklet entitled Restoring Original Christianity. What was original Christianity all about? The real Christianity of Christ and the Apostles. This interesting, fully documented booklet will be sent absolutely free upon your request. This eye-opening booklet will fully explain to you what happened when the original teachings were changed. You need to know. So call us today or write us and ask for your free copy of this vital booklet, Restoring Original Christianity. You can also order this booklet at our website, tomorrowsworld.org. That's tomorrowsworld.org. Call right now before you forget. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Now back to our topic, Restoring Original Christianity. My friends, a very real Satan the devil has deceived the vast majority of this earth's population. Is that just my opinion? No way. The inspired Bible tells you this over and over. You can read it throughout the Bible so many ways. Let me give you a couple quick scriptures. Many others say the same thing. Notice Revelation 12. Turn to Revelation 12, verse 9. It's describing Satan here. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Satan doesn't deceive just a few oddballs over here in a corner somewhere. He deceives the whole world. Can you grasp that? That's what your Bible says. It says that. Notice 2 Corinthians now. Turn back to 2 Corinthians in your Bible, chapter 4 and verse 3. Check up on me. This is what the Bible actually says. Most people don't get it. They don't understand because they are deceived. And a deceived person doesn't know he's deceived. Many of you don't know you're deceived, but you probably are. You'll have to get undeceived by asking God for understanding and really studying the Bible and crying out to God to open your mind to the purpose of human existence and why you're here and what it's all about. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, Paul writes, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So the God of this age has been, has been blinded people. Again, Satan has deceived the vast majority of mankind. And dozens of ministers understand that. And dozens of ministers and theologians really know, and they do know, they've written about it, that the original Christianity of the Bible has been changed. 
Get this, they know that, they're writing about it. If you read widely, you'll see that many times. The celebrated historian Edward Gibbon and his monumental work, perhaps the most famous history of the Roman Empire, was written by Edward Gibbon. It's entitled The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire. This work clearly points out what happened to the original teachings of Jesus Christ and his apostles. Notice what Edward Gibbon wrote And he's not a theologian. He was just writing as a historian. He had no axe to grind. In volume 1, page 404, Edward Gibbon describes how the teachings of the original church of God about Christ's 1,000 years on earth was continued for generations by the early church fathers. Gibbon writes, and I quote, The assurance of such a millennium was carefully inculcated by a succession of fathers from Justin Martyr and Irenaeus who conversed with the immediate disciples of the apostles down to Lactantius, who was preceptor to the son of Constantine. Though it might not be universally received, it appears to have been the reigning sentiment of the orthodox believers, and it seems so well adapted to the desires and apprehensions of mankind that it must have contributed to a very considerable degree to the progress of the Christian faith. But when the edifice of the church was almost completed, the temporary support was laid aside. The doctrine of Christ's reign upon earth was at first treated as a profound allegory, was considered by degrees as a doubtful and useless opinion, and was at length rejected as the absurd invention of heresy and fanaticism. End of quotation. Think about that. What did these early church fathers in the dark ages do with this teaching of Christ and the apostles that was believed for generations after Christ died? Well, they changed it into an error. They began to say it was a crazy idea. They began to turn away from the teachings of God and the purpose of our existence. The reward which Christ promised of being in God's kingdom on this earth and which the original church promised was not sitting up in heaven, playing on a harp or doing nothing. The reward for true Christians was to assist Christ in ruling over the cities and nations here on this earth. The Bible teaches this from one end to the other throughout. Edward Gibbon commented on that. That was the teaching of the early church. Notice this teaching of Christ in Luke chapter 19. Get your Bible, Luke Chapter 19, verse 11. Now, as they heard these things, Jesus was giving teachings. He spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought, these people thought the kingdom of God would immediately appear. They didn't think it was inside of them. They didn't think it was a warm feeling or the church. They knew it was a kingdom, a government that was going to come to replace the kingdom of Rome. The kingdom of of God was going to come. They thought it was going to come right now. So Jesus tells them this parable about a nobleman who goes to a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and comes back. And so he then calls his ten servants and delivers them measures of money, uh, ten minus, and said, do business. And so when he comes back, some had used that money for good, others had not. It's obvious an explanation about the Christians overcoming, growing, and serving or not. So when he comes back, Having received the kingdom, verse 15, he then commanded these servants to whom he'd given the money to be called to him that he might know how much each man had gained by trading. Then he called the first, and he came saying, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. This man had produced. He had produced much fruit, so to speak. 
And Jesus said, Well done, good servant, because you were faithful and very little. Go up to heaven and you could have nothing to do for all eternity. <laughs> Is that what Jesus said? No, he did not say that. Here's the teaching of Christ. Because you were faithful in a, in a very little, have authority over ten cities. Ruling over literal cities and nations on this earth. That's what we're called to do. And then the second came saying, Master, your mind has earned five minas. He said, likewise, you also be over five cities. So the reward Christ actually promised many times is to have authority, is for the Christians to have authority over five or ten cities in the coming kingdom of God. Notice this very clear instruction from the Apostle Paul. Notice now what the Apostle Paul taught back in 1 Corinthians. Turn there with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. Paul writes, Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And of course, throughout the Bible, the term judge often means rule. Moses was the ruler and the judge, and he's the pattern of that, and Christ is. And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? That's our calling. Real Christians, my friends, are now in training. We're to be in training now to prepare to rule over this earth, assisting Jesus Christ, who will be king of kings, and we will be those other kings under Jesus Christ. How clear. That's what the Bible says. Yet the vast majority of professing Christians somehow think they will float off to heaven with essentially nothing to do. Wow. You talk about a very deceived world. Again, my friends, we have a powerful booklet. It really explains so many things. A booklet which answers these questions and explains what the original Christianity, true Christianity, was all about. This interesting, fully documented booklet is entitled Restoring Original Christianity. It will be sent to you absolutely free upon your request. This eye-opening booklet, Restoring Original Christianity, will fully explain to you what happened to the original Christianity of Christ and the apostles, how it was done away and stamped out by the early so-called church fathers. You need to know. So call us or write us today and ask for your free copy of this vital booklet, Restoring Original Christianity. You can also order this booklet at our website, at tomorrowsworld.org. Call right now before you forget. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. 
Tomorrow's World. Call now. My friends, you need to be preparing for your real goal, the real goal of true Christians, eternal life in the soon coming kingdom of God. Soon as this world comes apart, as people turn away from God, as they break God's laws, as these nations of this world begin to go down, and all kinds of things are going to happen that we have prophesied in this work for generations, as you know, you older people who've watched us and heard us, Christ is going to come back and save the world from itself. We will have the opportunity to assist our Savior, the coming King, Jesus Christ, in bringing genuine peace and joy to this sick, warring, mixed-up world. Notice how the Bible says that over and over. Turn back to Micah, if you would, in your Bible. Micah chapter 4, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days. We're in those latter days, the end of this age as we know it, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains. And all scholars recognize this term, mountains means kingdoms or governments. And it will be exalted above the hills and all the peoples will flow to it. And many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths, God's ways. For out of Zion, the law shall go forth. Now, they were back at the time of donkeys and ox carts. He's not talking about traffic laws. He's talking about the spiritual laws of God, the Ten Commandments, which God tells us over and over will be the basis of tomorrow's world, the basis of Christ's coming government over this world to straighten things out here on this earth. That's where the problems are. Out of Zion, the law shall go forth. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, he shall judge between many peoples and rebuke strong nations afar off. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. But everyone shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. People will have peace. They will have joy. There will be each man with his own property. It won't be communism. It will be the right form of capitalism and under Christ. Notice how the psalmist was inspired to describe Christ's soon coming kingdom. Turn with me now at this point back to Psalm 72, verse 1. Give the king your judgments, O eternal, or O God, and your righteousness to the king's son. This is Jesus Christ. He will judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. The mountains will bring peace to the people and the little hills by righteousness. He will bring justice to the poor of the people. He will save the children of the needy. He will break in pieces the oppressor. He's going to put down these dictators and these men that crush and rape and rob and butcher other human beings. Verse 5, they shall fear you as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days the righteous shall flourish and the abundance of peace until the moon is no more. Notice verse 11, yes, all kings will fall down before him. All nations shall serve him, for he will deliver the needy when he cries, the poor also, and him who has no helper. He will spare the poor and the needy. Christ will have mercy, and we will have mercy. We will say to these people, we're here to help you, to serve you, to bring peace to this earth. And they will come back with tears in their eyes. 
He will spare the poor and the needy. He will save the souls of the needy. He will redeem their life from oppression and violence, and precious shall be their blood in his sight. God speed that day. May all of us, my friends, be inspired to surrender to the true Christ of the Bible. Follow this program. Read Tomorrow's World magazine. Study these booklets we send to you. Begin to meditate and study God's Word and to pray fervently for Christ to come again. Jesus said, pray, thy kingdom come. Pray for understanding and for faith to be among those overcomers who will assist the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, in tomorrow's world. And tune in every week, my friends, to Tomorrow's World program. On this program, you will gain precious information and insights available nowhere else. Most of you longtime viewers know that. My friends, we give you information you can't get anywhere else, literally. And we help you understand the whole purpose of human existence. You need to follow this program regularly. You will get real understanding of the purpose of life, the purpose of human existence, specific understandings of prophecy. These events are happening right now before your eyes. And you do need to understand. So I hope many of you will really try to write in, call in, request this booklet. Again, all these things we offer absolutely free. This booklet, Restoring Original Christianity, will open your mind to things about the whole way things were changed, how they were changed. It will give you other references from history as well as from the Bible to prove this. You need to understand, because this age draws to a close, as frankly, America and Britain go down, and a coming beast power rises up over in Europe, and other events happening around this world that we tell you about specifically on this program, and that are literature, you need to get with it. You need to act on the truth. If some of you would like to be visited and get a quick closer knowledge of this work, and perhaps meet with others of like faith and understanding, call the number on your screen or write us and ask for a visit. Say, I would like to request a visit from a representative of this work, of tomorrow's world. And our representative or our minister, whoever he is in your area, will call and meet you at a place convenient to you, convenient to you, and get with you and try to help you understand. And you can have that opportunity to meet with someone who really belongs to the truth. And perhaps we will have a number of meetings in your area, Bible studies or whatever, and you can begin to understand and meet with others of like faith. You need to act on the truth, not the hearers of the law, but the doers of the law, as God says. They're the ones who are blessed, who act on the truth. I hope you will act. Richard Ames and I will continue on this program to give you understanding of current events and of the exciting prophecies of tomorrow's world. We also invite you to join our fellow presenters, Wallace Smith and Rod King. They will give you special perspective and insight on vital biblical topics. So keep following us. Prove these things. Act on the truth. And be sure to join us again next week right here at the same time. See you here next week. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown.
To view today's program, order the free literature offered, or for more information on today's vital subject, visit us online at www.tomorrowsworld.org. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.